share it as soon as possible. As well as if you're a member of the church and would like to help us in our ushering ministry, would you see one of the pastors as well as soon as possible. In your bulletin uh, is a pamphlet from the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland and Labrador uh, giving us some direction on some things we can pray for during the week of prayer. Please keep that in mind. Put it in your Bible, and as you pray, you can read this, and it will help you in your prayer time. On Saturday, from 7.30 to 10.30, there will be a drive through breakfast here at our gymnasium in aid of the Short family, $10 for a breakfast. It's being organized by Brother Clarence White, and if you have any questions, you can see him, and he will indeed help you with that. All the Short family will be returning here tomorrow. And then we'll have to have two weeks of self-isolation. We want to pray for them and pray for the family as it leads up to the funeral service later this month. Pastor Jared is going to lead us as we continue to worship the Lord this evening. Praise is rising.
evening, let's lift our hands all across this place, and let's worship the Lord Jesus with our own mouths and our own words for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Lord, we have not gathered in this place for any other reason than tonight than to worship you, to give you the honor and the glory that you deserve. And God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for giving us the strength each and every day to keep going in our journey of serving you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise, Father. So, Lord, we just ask that you remove every distraction right now. That, God, that you will be the sole attention of our hearts even now. That everything else will be just stripped away. That, Lord, we would just be focused upon you and give you the glory that you deserve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord.
lift their hands and sing that this evening. Oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Praise the Lord. 
testimonies this evening. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad he's took me in. And he's forgiven my transgressions. He 
lift our hands and give him praise in this house this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Oh, worthy. evening.
Is he worthy this evening? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift up a shout of praise in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord Jesus. Worthy the Lamb of God. Worthy the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.
praise the name of Jesus. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body began to breathe out of the praise in the house this evening. Prayer this evening. We have some needs that are before us. We are praying this evening for Morgan Gillingham, Pastor Junior Andrews, William Chalk. We're praying for a family need. We're praying for the Short family, Lorianne Sparks. We're praying for the Stuckless and Layden families. We're praying tonight for Monty Cooper, Millie Newman, Shirley Parsons, and Alexander Brown. How many of you in this building have a need tonight in your life? We are so thankful that God knows our needs. Amen. And you may be watching this evening, and you may be sitting in your home, or you may be in an office, or... Wherever you are, I want to assure you that God knows you are. I want to assure you that your need. And the place where you are tonight can become your sanctuary, the place where you meet with God. So can we bow together as we take these needs to the Lord in prayer? And let's allow faith to arise in our hearts as we pray believing this evening. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the blood of Jesus that avails for our sins we thank you this evening because we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are thankful for your presence that is not restricted to this building. But we are thankful for your presence that we feel from day to day, no matter where we go. No matter what we do, we feel the awesome presence of a mighty God. And we thank you for that, Father. 
Tonight we pray for these needs that are before us. You know them all by name. And, oh, God, now I pray for miracles. I pray, oh, God, that those who may be suffering physically, I pray that you would touch them, oh, God. I pray that you would heal their bodies in the name of Jesus. For those that may be struggling in the mind, oh, God, I pray for a sound mind. I pray, oh, God, that you would minister to them this evening. We come against anxiety, depression, discouragement, oh, God. And now we ask by your mighty power that you would deliver those that may be captive by the chains that are so real in their hearts and in their lives. Oh, God, we pray for those that are walking through deep valleys of sorrow. I pray that you would be the comfort. I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding. I pray that they would feel your presence. For those that may be watching that have desperate needs, oh God, I pray tonight that you would minister to each person that might be viewing this service online. Father, I pray that you would make yourself real to them. As we cry, Abba, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they would feel the awesome presence of God and whatever their need. Oh, Father, we lay it before you confident that you are the God of the impossible. We stand on your word that you are the God that never changes. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we claim your power and your grace in our lives this evening. For those in this building that have lifted hands, you know their hearts. You know what weighs us down. Father, I pray right now that you would speak by your mighty power, and I pray for the peace of God. As Pastor Grant comes to minister from your word, I pray again that you would speak life into us. I pray that your word would challenge us and that we would change, but be changed by the power that is in your word. We are so thankful, O oh God, for the privilege that we have to worship you. We are thankful for freedom of worship today. We pray for those in our persecuted churches across the world. Oh God, I pray that as they meet underground and in caves and as they hide their Bibles, Father, I pray that you would make yourself real in their lives. I pray that you would honor their commitment to you, oh God. I pray that you would protect their families. I pray that your hand of safety would be upon them. And Father, in our country, we thank you that we are free to worship. We give you all the praise and all the glory in this house. We thank you because we know that you are the name that is above every name. And we claim the power of the cross in this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How good it is tonight to be able to come together and to feel the power of God in our midst. Amen. And the presence of God. And I said this morning, while we may be somewhat restricted in what we do, we are so thankful that there are no restrictions to the presence of God. Amen? And we feel his presence as we come together. We want to highlight the children that may be with us. And I do see some boys and girls in our service. And we had quite a few with us this morning. We are starting a new series as we go forward in the next few weeks. Should the Lord tarry on the fruit of the Spirit. And we are going to be teaching our boys and girls the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 
just as a short introduction to this, we're going to be talking about love. I will put others first. Joy, I will be okay with what I have. Peace, I won't be afraid because I trust in God. Patience, I will wait without complaining. Kindness, I will be nice to everyone. Goodness, I will do what is right. Faithfulness, I will not quit. Gentleness, I will care for others when they mess up. And self-control, I will think before I act. Today, we're just introducing this to the children. And after our nine weeks are up, we're going to set aside a day when they can come to my office. And if you boys and girls can tell me all the fruits of the Spirit, after we finish all of this, then I have a special prize for you. So you need to start learning them. And I will have something special for you at the end if you can tell me all of them. We have a song that we're going to be teaching the boys and girls um, that can familiarize them with the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to roll that one. And then I have something special to give to all of them. Of the spirit's not a coconut. Fruit of the spirit's not a coconut. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a banana. The fruit of the spirit's not a banana. You wanna be a banana? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. The fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. You wanna be a watermelon? You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. The fruit of the spirit's not a lemon. If you want to be a lemon, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a cherry. The fruit of the spirit's not a cherry. If you want to be a cherry, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. Everybody knows that grapes come in bunches. So everybody get in big bunches. The fruit of the spirit's not a grape. The fruit of the spirit's not a grape. You want to be a grape. You might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, cause the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. The fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Well, isn't that exciting? I'm telling you. 
And we're going to be doing that song every Sunday while we learn the fruit of the Spirit. And I said to the congregation this morning, if I was in Kids Alive, I would not be as refined in front of you right now. I'd probably be swinging off the light somehow. But it's pretty exciting when we can learn the fruit of the Spirit in this way and excite our children. And uh, we're just so looking forward to the weeks ahead. Tonight I have, for all the boys and girls, I have a placemat that says the fruit of the Spirit on it, so you can take it home and have your lunch on it or your bed snack, and you can wipe it off and wash it, so this will remind you of the fruit of the Spirit. I also have a coloring sheet there, and keeping with our theme, I have two fruit roll-ups for all of you, okay? So that's what you're going to get tonight. Pastor Boyd is going to help me pass those out. And then when you come next Sunday, we're going to play our song again, and we're going to learn about love, which is the first fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're going to learn about next Sunday. So if you are 11 and under, could you stand up so that we won't miss you, and we'll bring those around to you this evening. And we have books for babies that might be here. I do see one in the back. <laughs> there you go. All right. So if you're 11 and under, stand up so we won't miss you. Let me see. We've got some more over here. This is a workout. I told the people this morning, this is not for the faint of heart, you know, to be running around this building, but pastor's keeping up really well so far. Oh, we got John here and Josiah. Oh, Catherine is asleep. There you go, my love. All right, did we miss anybody? We got everybody? Okay, thank you so much. How many of you tried to sing that? Raise your hand if you tried to sing it. <laughs> okay, Pastor Andrew, we got a lot of work to do. I tried to sing it, and I think I mess it up every time. It's a real tongue twister. Noah texted me. He said, I seen you trying to sing. He said, tormenting. All right. If you have your Bibles or you have your phone and something with the Bible on it, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. We'll read a couple scriptures there. Matthew chapter 11. If you're listening online, we're preaching from the book of Matthew. You can grab your Bible or your phone or your tablet or iPad and follow along as well. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And this is what it says. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The title of the message tonight is An Invitation. 
and invitation. Let's pray. Gracious and eternal Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how powerful it is, Lord, and how it works in our lives. We pray, Lord, that your word will go forth in power and authority to the listeners tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Invitations come in many ways. We get invitations to birthday parties, weddings, dinners, and events. Sometimes we get invitations in the form of cards, letters, or verbal invitations. Regardless of how we get them, it is apparent that at some point in our lives, we will get an invitation to something from someone. When it comes to responding to invitations, I am not that good at doing that. I sometimes get them in the mail, and I do not send it back and let them know if I'm coming. And sometimes I have to, they give me a, a little message, a little nudge on Facebook, are you coming to the event? You don't have to be old to forget, okay, just so you know, to comfort some of you that are getting up there, okay? Today I want to bring us to the passage that we just read in Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 30. When preparing this message, the Lord dropped the scripture in my heart during Christmas break when I found myself sitting in my parents' home drinking coffee and listening to somebody speak on my phone. And the preacher was preaching something about Christmas, I don't know. But when I felt the Lord drop it in my heart, the word, one word, and that was rest, my mind went back to Matthew 11, chapter 28 and 30. It was at that moment that I began to say, Lord, how good it is to be able to find rest in you. I thank the Lord daily for his provision and for his word. And how the word is like a nugget of gold to me. And these short little verses that I read in Matthew chapter 11 this evening are very powerful to us. To think that the God of the heavens and of the universe who became flesh and dwelt among men would send out an invitation for us to come to him is no short of a wonderful thing. The Bible is filled with many invitations from the Lord. Moses in Exodus 32 and 2, uh, sorry, Exodus 32 and 26 says, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters, and he who hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And then John 7 and 37 and 38 says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Then we have Matthew 11 and 28 to 30. To me, there is no other text so powerful as this one that contains so wide and sweeping an invitation. No other verse holds such a promise. Jesus showed his authority when he says, come on to me. This is an invitation unthinkable in the mouth of anyone else but Jesus himself. When Jesus spoke these words, he was speaking it to a group of people that were desperately trying to find God, desperately trying to be good, who were finding the task and impossible and who were driven to weariness and were driven to despair. And the Lord of the universe invites anyone who is weary to come to him. Keep in mind, at this point of Matthew's gospel, Israel and the Jewish people are rejecting him. 
But that does not stop Jesus' invitation to his listeners. For when Jesus calls, he calls all to him. There is no particular group of people that he desires to sit down with. There is no one he prefers over the other. For when Jesus sends out his invitation, the ground is level and everybody is welcome to come to him. This evening I have three words that I want us to look at. Rest, receive, and relief. Rest, receive, and relief. First, I want to talk about rest. I think the scripture is one of the most fitting scriptures that we can find for our world today. Our world is currently in a state of unrest. If we look on the news, we look on social media, we do not have to look far to find news articles, news reports that will show us the state of our world this very moment. Here are a few of the headlines that I found this week. U.S. coronavirus, the nation sees five deadliest days since COVID-19 pandemic start in the last two weeks. People at the U.S. Capitol riot are being identified and they're losing their jobs. A year after Wuhan, China locks down another city of 11 million people to contain the coronavirus flare-up. And Kim Jong-un calls for more nuclear weapons, calls U.S. North Korea's biggest enemy. It is no secret. It is not hidden. It is right before our very eyes. Our world is in turmoil. And more than ever, our world needs to hear the good news of Jesus and his invitation to come to get rest. They need to hear the invitation that he is giving to all. Come to me, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Our world needs rest. Humanity needs to know that Jesus provides true rest. When Jesus said come, he did not say come only if. He did not say come but do this. He did not say if you have it all together, come. But Jesus is telling all all to come to him. Thank God that he uses the word all and the level is is flat for those that can come to Jesus for there are no exceptions there is no exemptions there is no one out there that cannot come to Jesus all are welcome to the table of Jesus Jesus is looking for those that need his rest Jesus directed his call to those who were burdened he called those who sensed that they must come to him to relieve their need instead of living in self-sufficiency Labor, the word labor implies the burdens we take upon ourselves. And heavy laden implies the burdens others put upon us. And heavy laden suggests the same thought as in Matthew 23 and 4 when Jesus spoke against the religious leaders of his day as those who bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders. Never before has society been so consumed in social media. And social media has done some good. But I'm going to tell you tonight, social media has done a lot of bad in our society. 
especially in the younger generation. And I see it because that generation is the one that I minister to on a weekly basis. The young people coming up now face greater challenges than myself or anyone would have ever faced before. When Jesus was calling people to come to him, he was calling those, all generations, that were burdened down in the soul and in the mind. The latest stats about social media and social media amongst our youth is frightening. 20% of young people who have at least one social media account, and I assure you our young people have more than one account, feel they have to check that account at least once every three hours to avoid feeling anxious. This phenomenon goes beyond the original thing, fear of missing out. In fact, it now has its own name. It is called social media anxiety disorder. This condition is a social and anxiety disorder like all others. The symptoms of this disorder, though, are somewhat like this. The young people stop to check the social media in the middle of conversations. They spend more than six hours on their phones daily, lying about the amount of time spent on social media, withdrawing from family and friends, failing in attempts to cut back on their use, neglecting, losing interest in school, work, and favorite activities, experiencing severe nervousness, anxiety, withdrawal symptoms, and when not able to check social media. Our young people are in a state of unrest in our society today, and it is scary, church. Young people are losing sleep over what this does. Young people are sick because of this. They are caught up in social media, and if you took this away today, this would be detrimental to them. This generation today needs to find true rest in Jesus Christ. Rest, true rest, that only comes from Him. Our young people need it. Our schools need rest. Our society needs rest. Every generation, no matter where you will find yourself tonight, you need the rest that only Jesus can provide. Come, says Christ, and I will give you rest. I will not just show you rest, nor will I barely tell you about rest, but I will give you rest, says Jesus. I am faithfulness itself and cannot lie. I will give you rest. I who have the greatest power to give it, the greatest will to give it, the greatest right to give it. Come, laden sinners, and I will give you rest. Rest is the most desirable good the most suitable good, and to you the greatest good comes as Christ, that is, believe in me and I will give you rest. I will give you peace with God, peace with conscience. I will turn your storm into an everlasting calm. I will give you such rest that the world can neither give to you nor can the world take away from you. All Christians know Christ not with a mere knowledge, which may be obtained from books, but with a knowledge which the Holy Spirit works in the heart. We know Christ in the glory of His person, in the perfection of His work, and in the riches of His wonderful grace. 
We so know Christ that he stands out before us as the chief among 10,000 and the altogether lovely. And the more we know him, the more intimate we wish to become with him today. We not only know Christ, but we need him. <clears throat> the longer we live, the more we need him. Nor do we merely need Christ, but we need everything in Christ or that Christ has. We need his blood to cleanse us, his righteousness to clothe us, and his spirit to sanctify us. We need Christ daily. We need Christ hourly. As we need Christ, so we come to Christ not once for all, but we continue to come to him. We must come to him in every trial, in every trouble, in every conflict to unburden our minds, to find rest for our souls. We come to him because we need his wisdom. We need his strength. We need his holiness tonight. As believers, we need the rest that Jesus offers. We need to be examples of what it means to find rest in our Savior. When we go through situations in our lives and when we draw close to Jesus, people will see the rest and the peace that he bestows upon you. Your life may be turned upside down tonight, but I want to tell you, you can find true rest in a man named Jesus. Secondly, I want to talk about receive. It is amazing that when we come to Jesus, He wants to give us something. He does not expect gifts or anything materialistic from us. He just wants us as we are, all of who we are. He is willing to receive us just as we are, but He also wants you to receive from Him. Jesus wants us to receive His yoke. Now, when I was a young person, before I studied the Word like I do now, I always wondered what it meant to take his yoke. Because me and my child, like mine, not knowing much of the history of the day Jesus lived in, you know what? I thought yoke meant egg yolk. And, you know, I didn't know any different until recently in the last number of years studying what this was meant and what, it, what Jesus was talking about. I always found it funny that Jesus would want me to take upon his egg yolk. But this is not what he's talking about. We have a picture there, Noah, if you would put it up for me. In fact, it's far from what an egg yolk is. The yoke was a wooden instrument that was used to connect the ox to the load, which the ox was expected to pull. This wooden thing that you see around those cows. And I know the spears are just loving this picture tonight. Apparently, Jesus has the idea that his followers are expected to serve him in some fashion. Sadly, this is a foreign concept to many believers tonight. But in truth, no believer will ever fully be satisfied until he finds himself engaged in the Lord's work. Notice how Jesus transitions from rest to work. Many believe that once they've given their lives to Jesus... It is smooth sailing right on into heaven, but it's not like that. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Too many Christians will sit on the sidelines instead of putting on their running shoes and running in the race. While we are not saved by works, works, we are clearly saved to work. The word learn is the same word that is translated disciple. Jesus is looking for people who will lay everything on the line 
as he did and serve him with no reservations. Too many today feel that working is not a part of God's plan for them. If we were not to work, Jesus would have said, come and find rest, and that would be it. He would never have said, take upon my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He would never have said that. See, the kingdom of God needs laborers. The kingdom of God, men and women, needs men and women that are willing to accept Jesus' yoke and receive his burden. The best part about this is that it is easy and that it is light. Jesus talks and walks by example. He says to his sisters, look at me. Look at what I do. He tells them about his character, who he is. He says, look, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. And you will find the rest for your souls that you so desperately need. Jesus revealed his nature when he described himself as gentle and lowly of heart. It is his servant's heart displayed throughout his ministry, making him qualified to be the one who bears our burdens. This is the only time Jesus ever talks about his human personality. He made many statements about his functionality, who he is and what he does. And we know Jesus as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But this is the only time he ever talks about his human personality. This is the only autobiography statement he ever says about himself. The one who spoke the universe into existence and who now holds it all together. The Lord of lords, the King of kings, says... I am gentle and I am lowly in heart. Isn't that wonderful? And he says, I want you to learn from me. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is humble. He is approachable. He is patient. He is kind. He is gentle toward everyone. And he wants us to learn that from him so that we will treat people like that. Jesus understands where you are tonight. He understands the world that we are in tonight. He understood the people back then when they were frustrated and weary because of the world they found themselves in. And as I look around our world, I'm reminded that the believer cannot, cannot find true rest for their souls outside of Jesus Christ tonight. There will always be something to disturb, perplex, or distress the, the believer because we are living in an enemy's world. But Jesus says, you will find rest for your souls. He does so by enabling us to rely on his word. How many are thankful for the word of God tonight? Recognize his hand, submit to his will, and trust, trust in his perfect work. You know what? And he assures us that our sins are forgiven, that we are safe in his keeping, that his presence shall always be with us, and that all things shall work to, together for our eternal good. We can rest on his faithfulness, for he has been tried and found faithful. We can rest on his love, for he loves us to the uttermost. We can rest on his power, for it is ever engaged on our behalf. Aren't you thankful for the power of Jesus tonight? We can rest on his covenant, for it is ordered in all things and sure. We can rest on his blood, for it speaks peace, pardon, and acceptance with God tonight. 
we can rest at his feet, for there we are safe and can never be injured. Are you thankful for the rest that Jesus gives? Child of God, we cannot find any of this in our world today. I don't care how hard you look, you will not find it. And I like the old chorus that I've heard sung before. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. There is nothing in this world to receive that will be of any help or value to you tonight. Hear this preacher today. Put your trust in what you know is steadfast and true. Put your faith in the one who says, I am gentle and who says, I am lowly. His track record speaks for himself. Jesus shows himself to be gentle and lowly. When, when a lady had been bleeding for 12 years, she heard that Jesus was coming her way, but she was too embarrassed to go to Jesus with her problem. So she thought if she could just touch his robe, she could be healed. She touched him, but Jesus felt power go from him. He said, who touched me? When she confessed, listen to what Jesus says. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Such a tender word. Daughter, it is the same word Jesus used for his own mother. A word of love and respect. When a woman was caught in the act of adultery, she was dragged before Jesus, thrown before him. Her accuser said, the law says stone her. What do you say? Jesus stoops down, writes something on the ground and says, He who is without sin, cast the first stone. Jesus looks up and says, Woman, which is the same word that he uses to describe his mother, where are your accusers? Jesus had sent her accusers away tenderly, tenderly. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus meets a woman at a well. And as for a drink, she hesitates. Jesus says, go call your husband. She says, I have no husband. Jesus didn't say, liar. He said, I know all about you. You have had five husbands and the one that you're living with now, you haven't even bothered to marry. And Jesus gives her living water. Jesus sees a wee little man up in the tree named Zacchaeus. He was a mean tax collector. Everyone else wanted to avoid this man but not Jesus. He was meek. He was gentle. He was lowly in heart. See, Jesus, he is approachable. Jesus goes to the shores of Galilee, shouts to some men in a boat, children, have you caught anything? No, was the reply. They have been told to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come, but they went back to their old life of fishing. Jesus didn't call them backsliders. You caught nothing. Good. No, he wanted to restore them, have a meal with them, recommission them. And finally, a leopard came up and said, Jesus, if you wanted to, you could make me whole. Jesus didn't just shout, be clean. He walked over to where the leper was and he touched him and said, be clean. Jesus takes the outcast, the down and out, the sinner, and the worst of the worst, and he speaks gently into their lives. When Jesus says, come to me, he really 
means it tonight. He really does want you to receive from Him. And that is rest for your weary soul. Thirdly and lastly tonight, I want to talk about relief. When Jesus sends out an invitation to come to Him, all who are laden and heavy laden, He gives rest. We receive everything that He has for us, but also we leave with a sense of relief. Relief means a feeling of a reassurance and relaxation following release from anxiety or distress. I thought it to be a fitting word to describe the result of coming to Jesus after receiving his invitation. When we were lost in sin, scared and anxious for our soul state, we desired relief. Jesus offered that relief to us through his death and resurrection. And so when you gave your heart to the Lord, you finally found that sense of relief that your soul was longing for. When you received Jesus' invitation to come, you received eternal life. And because of that, you are no longer anxious or worried about your life after death. Because now you know that you are on your way to heaven. Relief. What a word to describe what Jesus says to his listeners when he says in verse 30, For my yoke, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. The listeners and the followers of Jesus at that day had been worn out by the scribes and the Pharisees because keeping the law was an endless task and people were longing for something easy, or something that would not weigh them down. Jesus' invitation was a great one. For when others invited them to come to know God, it was with a task of do's and don'ts. It was with a set of rules. It was with many conditions. And the people at that time were tiring of what they had to do to come to know who God was. When Jesus talked about his yoke being easy, there was something to be noted. The word easy in Greek is krestos, which can mean well-fitting. In Palestine, the ox yokes, like you see on the screen, were made of wood. The ox was brought, the measurements were taken, the yoke was roughed out, and the ox were brought back to have the yoke tried on. The yoke was carefully adjusted so that it would fit well and not gall the neck of the patient ox. The yoke was tailor-made to fit. There was a legend that Jesus made the best ox yokes in all of Galilee, and that from all over the country, men came to him to buy the best yokes that skill could make. In those days, as now, shops had their signs above the door, and it has may well have been, it's been suggested that the sign above the door of the carpenter's shop may well have been my yoke fits well. It may well have been that Jesus is here using the picture from the carpenter's shop in Nazareth where he had worked throughout the silent years. Jesus says, my yoke fits well. What he means is the life I give you is not a burden to hurt you. Your task is made to measure to fit you well. Whatever God sends us is made to fit our needs and our abilities exactly. 
Jesus said, I want you to yoke up with me. Get alongside of me. You see, the yoke was so fitted that the stronger, more experienced animal could take most of the burden and make the burden lighter for the inexperienced animal. You see, church, life is burdensome. But Jesus wants us to yoke up with him, get alongside of him, so that he can take your burdens. The cares of life are too much for you to take on your own, men and women of God. So many of us put on a face and say, I'm okay. We put on the face, I got this. But in reality, in your mind, you are breaking under the mental pressure But Jesus has sent out the invitation so that you don't have to do this life on your own tonight. He is sending out the invitation so that you can respond. You can come to him and see that what he gives, it's not a burden. Like the burdens of the world. As I mentioned in the beginning of my sermon, our world is in a mess full of unrest. The world needs to know about this invitation. And today, you know about the invitation. You know all about it. And we are here today and we know about it. Yet we still, we still take on our own burdens, thinking that we are strong enough to do it on our own. You are not strong enough to do it on your own. You need Jesus. Jesus is saying, come to me. This burden you are carrying is too heavy for you to do alone. You need to let me bear it. When a young ox was to be trained to carry the burden, he would be yoked up with an experienced ox that would take the strain of the load, and this would teach the younger ox how to carry the load together. Stop trying to do this. Walk on your own. Call on the name of Jesus. Come to Jesus. Take him up on his invitation. He can take care of all your burdens, no matter how great they are. He wants to help you. He wants to give you rest. He wants you to receive what he has for you. And he wants you to feel relief tonight. In closing, the musicians can return. An invitation has been given out. Jesus is calling all to come to him. You are here this evening listening online. You wonder, can I be a part of that invitation? Well, the word all is very broad. And as I said, it doesn't show any exemptions. Tonight you are a part of that all that Jesus talks about. Therefore, you tonight can receive rest. You can receive rest. Jesus is inviting you to come. Cast your cares on him. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. Lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart. Lay down your mind. Lay down everything. And I promise you tonight, Jesus will step in and he will take care of you. As for our world, church, we have the answer. 
We have the remedy to those that are sin sick tonight. We have the remedy to those that need his rest. It's his word. It's our testimony. Church, we have the responsibility to show people that there is true rest for their wanderings. Church, you have the ability through Jesus Christ to reach those around you that are troubled because you can tell them your testimony of how a man by the name of Jesus came into your life and calmed the unrest in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. Listen to the verse again. Jesus says, come to me. All who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The invitation tonight is come. 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 This evening, if you don't know who Jesus is and you're listening online, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Church, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and repeat after me. If you want to receive rest tonight, you want to know what it is to receive Jesus, pray this prayer with me and you will receive him into your heart tonight. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I recognize tonight that I am a sinner in need of your saving grace in need of your mercy, in need of your love. Fill my heart. Cleanse my heart. Make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, today you are now a follower of Jesus. Please let us know. Message our church through the Facebook page, or call us, 635-3061. And we will help you on this journey. 2020 has been a very tiring year for both mind, body, and soul. But Jesus is inviting you to come to his rest. Rest in him to no longer try to do it alone. But his desire for us in 2021 is to come, take his yoke, his burden, for they are easy and they are light. Pastor Jared is going to lead us. In his
promises of God are eternal. They are yes and amen, and we thank God for that promise today. We're going to sing as Pastor Jarrett leads us. And in a moment, we're going to move into a time where we remember the death and suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ, what it means for us today. If you're at home and you would like to participate in this communion service with us and you want to get some juice, piece of bread or a piece of cracker and take this with us, you can do so. For those of you that are in our congregation, maybe new to you, this a communion cup, your first time here, all you need to do is push forward the tab, push it down, and as you do, it will release both the top layer and the bottom layer for you to be able to receive both emblems as we remember the Lord's death and suffering and what Calvary means to us today. In these moments of reverence, we thank God for what He's done. Can we stand as Pastor Garrett leads us this evening? Oh, a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful Savior to me. He hides my soul in the lip of the rock where
God today that he hides us in his shadow the Bible tells us over and over again that we are hidden in him the scripture says for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered to you the Lord Jesus the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks we shared with the congregation this morning I want you to notice that Jesus had been betrayed and he was facing death and anguish. But the Bible says that he gave thanks. The scripture says in everything, say it with me, give thanks for this is the will of God. We give thanks today. And the Bible says that he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread together. Thank you. If you need healing, repeat with me, by his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. 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 The son of righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. Amen. The Bible says, after the same manner also, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you will show the Lord's death until... He returns. Let's partake of the cup together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give him thanks. Let's give him thanks today. The next time we may drink of the cup, and we'll be drinking it anew in our Father's kingdom. What a hope we have. Thank you, God. Thank you for the hope that we have today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that chorus a couple of more times as we go offline. We're so thankful that you've been watching with us tonight. But as we sing this a time or two, we will go offline. And we will continue our service here with our congregation in a few moments. Let's sing it together. Amen. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock that
Just then.